Buenos dias, everyone, and bienvenido to Spoiler Alert, a weekly <laughs> talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your senorita host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined today by the gay blade himself, Sean Denham. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm here. Whatever, whatever his vibe was. I don't like. I'm like. Does he even have a catchphrase? He said something. He had a little rhyme. It's like mm. one peso, two pesos, or something. You know, <laughs> nothing, nothing good enough for me to remember to do for the show. Yeah, <laughs> neither of us wrote it down. <laughs> if y'all out there listening are wonder who we're talking about, uh, this week we are chatting about that legendary masked hero of Pulp Fiction, Zorro. He's so daring. Masked. He's cunning, and he's got a cape. What more could mm-hmm. you ask for? It seems like a liability when you're doing a, you know, in in fight mode, but he pulls it <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, he's Edna not afraid. Mode, uh, comes to mind for sure from The Incredibles with her no capes stance. Yeah, very. Uh, but yeah, Zoro flies right in the face of that and often uses it. I would say to great flourish and effect. Yeah, not in not for any sort of battle. Uh, you know, not a leg up in battle, just a flourish, an effect. <laughs> just a flourish, yeah, exactly. Um, so Sean, last week we talked about Robin Hood. This week we talked about zero, zero. Wow, <laughs> that would be my insult to him if we ever Drag met him. in battle. Zorro, more like zero. Anyway, this week we're talking about him, Zorro. Um, and what is your history with this man? Well, this man. Crossed my television screen in 1998, and mm. has been my shining light, my my beacon, my my unattainable diamond. It's the Zorro that I of my past, my future, my present, and that wow. is the mask of Zorro. <laughs> and honestly, what a mask it is! What a mask! I don't know. That was, I guess, I no, I, I don't think I've had uh, an inkling of him before then. I did not obviously watch any of the, the 50s. Although I did, I did watch literally a few minutes today. It's on Disney Plus. Um, oh. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I get this. Or like, I know what this is going to be about. <laughs> I see. I see you. Yeah. What about you? Did you have something else besides the eponymous Mask of Zorro? Well, no, Kate, this is the thing. is like I somehow knew that Zorro was a thing. Like just, you know, in that way that things just like filter through the public consciousness. Mm-hmm. So like I knew like I knew that was like a reference. Maybe I saw it like parodied in things. But I actually don't know that I ever saw it any of the movies before this week. Like, I knew that there were Zorro movies with Antonio Banderas. Mm. Maybe I saw the 2005 one and I just don't remember. But when I watched it this week, uh, the 1998 version, I was like, I don't think I've seen this before. Oh, and you won't forget. My household mm-hmm. was a Catherine Zeta-Jones household, so we did have a lot of her work across our table. But, As all um, good households are, I would argue. Yeah. And she's so good in this. She mm-hmm. looks like a million bucks. She 
is extremely sexy. She dances. She fights. She gets her to- her clothes torn off. Uh, in a hilarious by, manner. In a very hilarious manner. But yeah, I uh, I really like this movie. It's a perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Okay, you, let's just get right into it. I let's was gonna say, I feel like one. I'm maybe trying not to talk about it. Talk about. Maybe we should. No, don't don't hold back, babe. Let's just do it. Oh, I forgot to say though. Uh, sadly, Jeremy is out on assignment this week, uh, hunting down an evil mayor. So yeah. Um. So and we have his twin brother <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. fill in for him. We'll explain that later, listeners. Yeah, that, um, that's a joke you won't get to later. <laughs> all the all the best ones are where you <laughs> don't have enough information. Um. But yeah, okay, we're gonna jump right in and talk about 1998, The Mask of Sorrow, because I was watching it and I was like. I have not had this much fun watching, like, an adventure movie in I don't know how long. This is the golden age of cinema, baby. This oh. is, it's fun, it's funny, we are, ha- we're swashbuckling, it is sexy, mm. the stakes are high, it is. There's quips. It, oh, it's too, so many quips. Antonio Banderas, like, we all know he is very sexy, but he's also, and I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. Very funny, very mm-hmm. slapstick. He, because mm-hmm. in this film, he is his character is not a suave person. He's very clumsy and angry and impetuous, and um, and then so then when he does pull off this suaveness, we as an audience are shook by his abilities, his acting abilities. Yeah. Um, but then we also get obviously an incredible montage of him becoming a great swordsman and taught by a very a feat, <laughs> a fet, Anthony Hopkins, who is uh, magnetic <laughs> as the role of, yeah. of the old Zorro. <laughs> like it's, it's actually crazy. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's bananas. And like, we're going to have to have a conversation about the fact that almost the, all of the actors who've ever played Zorro are non-Latin. Because, you know, there's like there's a complicated thing where it's like, well, if someone's from Spain, they're not necessarily not white. Like there are a lot of white people in Spain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But there's but a point I also, where you're like, OK, the self tan <laughs> and the accent is making me uncomfortable. You know, on a rewatch, though, I was like, you know what? This does technically take place in California. And like his wife is a Latino woman, like Spanish. But I was like, but we don't express explicitly say that he is. So like maybe maybe there's a bit of a workaround here. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I think sure, I'll give you that one. Um I feel like they fully darkened his skin, so I don't know. Um <laughs> and then there's the whole Catherine Zeta Jones issue where like she's explicitly supposed yeah, to be yeah. Latina. Very. Um and so, you know, we'll just say that's a, that's something <laughs> That exists within this yeah, franchise. That's fair. But what I thought was actually really funny is that Anthony Hopkins, in, and this kind of suits what you were just saying, doesn't really do the accent. Um, no. He's he's just doing kind of his English accent mostly. And he is like prowling like a leopard, like yeah, in these like long hair. Yeah, and he's just like just like gliding across the floor in these satin black low-cut tops it's it's incredible 
Yeah, I'm here for it. It's and not- literally everyone in that movie has so much eyeliner on. Oh, everyone wakes up, <laughs> Men, grabs a piece, <laughs> grabs a piece of charcoal, and just smears. And you know what? I'm here for it. Absolutely. But yeah. It, Babies, it, um, <laughs> dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old men. Um, it just filled me with wonder and joy, and I was so in. Like, and it was so sexy too. Like, oh, it's it's I, hot. I texted you this in our group chat, but the thought in my mind the whole time I was watching it was like, it's a great day to be bisexual because. Oh, this is your uh, um, Pirates of the Caribbean. The other Pirates of the <laughs> well, Caribbean. I, I mean, I was going to say in addition to Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, itself. I was going to say, I don't know why you have to have <laughs> make only one. I only have one. Same story but, there. Um, oh, but just the smoldering and that they have incredible chemistry. Oh, when they do, there's a part where he's like, you know, he's putting on a bit of a trickery. He's uh, feigning to be a rich Don. And he realizes that he's about to be left out of this meeting that he's supposed to be into. So he creates a distraction by having extremely hot dance work with Catherine Zeta-Jones. And yeah. her hair falls out of her plates. She is, they are swapping quips. She's like, I know you have a distaste for perspiration. And he's like, let's pick things up a bit. And they, oh, do they pick things up? And oh, they, the lolly. it's great. There's like, uh, yeah, that is a scene that really sticks out to me. And then they take it, they take it to the stables later and they have a, a good old fashioned sword fight between, betwixt the two of them as well. And, and she, I love that. She has been training since she was four. Yeah, I think that made it so much more fun to not just have her be because I mean, throughout her character is very like, oh, she's spirited because she's secretly, spoiler alert, um, the old Zorro's daughter who was kidnapped. Yeah, it's a it's a full. um, Who's that novelist that's always writing about (laughs) being raised by other people's parents? You know what? Never mind. That's but anyway, she's that. I was like Nicholas Sparks, but I don't no, know not really. It's she's just she's kind of living. It could be edited like a Hallmark like horror movie. Like my dad mm. is not my dad, and this yeah. is what she's encountering, snatched yeah. as a baby. But yeah, so so she kind of had she has like his spirit, you know. Although they also talk about being her mother's spirit, but we don't really get to see too much of her, unfortunately. Um, but I really liked this characterization of her where she's, you know, like strong-willed and fiery and like iconic, honestly. And so, yeah, when it kind of culminates in this sword fight between Zoro and her, it's just electric. It is electric. And um, so she does very well. In fact, she is going for blood. There's there's the scene where he is, or the part where he falls into the hay, and she just runs shrieking at the hay with the sword like she is going to kill him. And that I was shocked at because I thought they were having a bit of a sexy leg. <laughs> okay. But she's like, no, I actually will maim you. Yeah. Um, but for event- me, that just heightened it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And eventually he does gain the upper hand and then ends in sort of one of the best sort of pieces of cinema where he uh, whips at her dress with his sword, um, cutting very 
strategically. And then when we cut to her, her clothes fly off her body somehow. Literally like <laughs> in opposite directions. Like, it is, like it is meant to look distance. like her clothes would just fall off because he cut them so strategically and deftly. But they're ripped apart by unseen hands. And it's <laughs> insane. <laughs> And then and then she's like covering herself with his hat and then he's leaving and he takes his hat, which is very ungentlemanly of him. But yeah, like I feel like I I was saying this, like I think I would hate this in any other movie. I would be like, okay, this like st- stupid conceit to get the woman naked. But it just worked. It Yeah, I feel like they, uh, it was aware of like, this is stupid, but come on, it's funny. And you know what? Yeah. I couldn't argue, argue with them. Um, and I feel... I feel like that movie kind of perfectly threaded that needle. And the soundtrack is really amazing. This is something I was noticing on the rewatch. Um, the there's like a re- the kind of really creepy guard captain, blonde captain. Yeah, he was quite the villain, and I was not a fan of him. He gets very scary. The character or like the performance? Well. I guess both. Performance was really good. But he mm-hmm. he does some really creepy stuff that I feel like like he's just got heads in jars. He's he's like oh, yeah. manipulate like just gleefully toying with people in in creepy ways. He's a he's not a guy good guy and I'm glad I'm glad to see him get squished. Not a Spoiler alert justified because he did he did lock up like the whole community in some cages and try and blow them up so he did lock up the entire community and then they're (laughs) like okay i guess we should tell we could even tell people what this is about but basically anthony hopkins is zorro in the past Mm -hmm. and he's very good at it and the people love him and then he commits he finishes his last his last run and he's going to retire with his wife and his young baby. And then spoiler alert, I mean, or surprise, whatever. Uh, the, uh, what is he? What is his role? Governor? He's like, yeah, he, yeah, he's sort of like the governor. Yeah. He, yeah, the governor is about to escape back to Spain. Or, f- I don't know, he's about to leave because the the citizens are uprising. And then right before he goes, he slips by Anthony Hopkins's house uh, to murder him. But instead, they accidentally kill his wife. And so then he steals his baby and locks him into prison for like 20 years just to be especially cruel and adopts the baby as his own. Yeah. It's horrifying. Bastardly. And then 20 years later, jailbreak. And then Anthony Hopkins tries to get his revenge. Because mm-hmm, he, he comes back to California with Elena, the daughter. Right. Where Anthony's to been waiting mm-hmm. for his And they're coming break. to extract extract resources and be evil rich people. Yeah, this was a plot that I it was hard for me to grasp as a kid. It was like, we're going to buy Santa Ana's land, but with his own gold that we mined from his land that he doesn't know about. And mm-hmm. then... No one will tell because we'll kill all of the workers. And it was very, 
it was very easy for me as a kid to be like, whatever. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> keep it you're moving. Like, Listen, <laughs> um, this isn't why I'm here. Yeah, I don't exactly know what you're saying. So let's keep it moving. I'm so but, glad yeah. that you got some some good eyes on it because it is definitely a, a cultural reset for myself. Same. Yeah. Like as a child, this, this reminded me why that I like adventure stories. And honestly, why, what is, we are broken. Why aren't we making films that are just fun? And where are the real movies? <laughs> Come on, Hollywood. Oh, Jeremy is here. Yeah, really. Cause like if they remade this or if they, if Hollywood said we're making a new Zorro, I know it would look like a Christopher Nolan movie. It would be dark. He'd be broody. Yep. It'd be violent. It'd just be like, this is no fun. You're so right. Because I was like, seen... is there a is there room for like a gay Albernal Garcia or something? Or like, who are we going to getting into this new thing? But I'm like, I can't like gay Alice really like silly and cute. Uh, and I just don't think that they would they would cast him. They'd cast like a real a downer, a sourpuss. Mm-hmm. You're so right. Also, Gail um, might even be too old, but. Well, I was thinking Oscar Isaac for a second, but I think he also might be too old. He played but Timothy's dad in Dune. My God. <laughs> He's a father. <laughs> He's a father. Um, have you seen the 2005 sequel? To mask of sorrow. Okay, no. In fact, I was unaware of it until this moment. Oh, wow. Okay, it's called The Legend of Zorro. It also stars Antonio Banderas, so I assume it's the sequel. But I also didn't watch it because I wanted to watch some older ones. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wish I had watched that one. Very interesting. Who else is does? Do you have the the, the wiki pulled up? I'll I'll pull it up really quick. Because um, I can see how, like, I'm. I assume it did very well, as like on video, especially. I feel like everyone has seen this. Yeah, budget eighty mil, box office one forty two mil. Okay, so okay. She did okay. Um. It, ooh, it does have a twenty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> ooh, well, which yeah. honestly makes me just want to watch it more. <laughs> um. It's got Antonio and Catherine, so I assume okay they're still together. Um, and Rufus Sewell is in it. Uh, Rufus Wainwright. You might know him as the guy who strings Kate Winslet along in the holiday. Oh, I, clarifies I, anything I for you. do know him as that. Okay. Okay, nice. I'm glad that I pulled the right reference. Yeah. I'm going to assume he's the villain, but I don't know that. <laughs> so honestly, I will probably watch this at some point, even though... It sounds kind of bad. Yeah, because I assume, you know, child plays a role, and I'm not mad at this. Yeah, I'm, I'm open. Even we'll, though we'll it's seeming, seemingly the entire uh, community is mad at it because not a lot of people watched it, but <laughs> yeah. or if they did, they gave it a bad rating. Um. Okay, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So, The Legend of Zorro. Okay, for, actually, first of all, let me okay. ask you this. Yes. Do you know where Zorro originates from? Um, well, th- all of the part things that I've watched say that he is from Spain and is now like he 
uh, began his work in Spain and is now in America. Those are the of the several things that I've watched where he's in it. That's what I'm getting. Okay, yes. Sorry. Oh, but I you actually mean like, meant like the okay, text. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm dumb. I know. Uh, it's fine. I didn't phrase that well. No, I, I don't actually know. Okay. Would you get – this is – I'm just going to tell you what I thought. I thought this was a Robin Hood situation or like yeah. a Three Musketeers situation yeah. where it's issuing from classic literature. But in fact, a white man from Illinois started writing the Zorro novels in 1919. Okay. They're like Pulp Fiction novels. Fully from the 20th century, fully from the American perspective. Right. Okay. That is very interesting. So I found that interesting. But anyway, so basically, like, this story has, like, loomed large ever since then. And there have been a ton of adaptations made all over the world. You know, Spain, Italy, France, all kinds of stuff. All the way from the 1920s. And there were, like, 25 movies in the 60s and 70s alone. So why do you think it is that we're so obsessed with this man? Well, because Zorro is hot, he's <laughs> he's anarchist, he's rebellious, he he's literally doing the steal from rich, give to the poor vibe, but not it in a different way. He's like he inspires uh, like radicalness in in his community. <laughs> that's, yeah, it, okay, I was like that's what's that happening too. when like bo- in most of the films I've watched. Is everyone? Yeah, like, like I feel like he, yeah. he lifts up the people more than Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin Hood is, you know, he he pays he pays financially, but he's not much. He's not a much of a showboat. Yeah, a showman. Yeah, a showman. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I do wonder if there's some like romanticization of like Latin culture at play. Where we're like, ooh, sexy and exotic, you know? Yeah, and for sure. I am guessing that. But he's got panache. He's got it in spades. And yeah, like, for me, it it is also, I think, the combination of the, like, heroism and then also the kind of, like, mischief. Like, the, the, like, disguises. Oh, he's always got a grin on, yeah. And there's like a comedic aspect to it that I think makes it this, fun. This is why if we bring it to the big screen, we can't just have a downer with it. Zorro, yeah, can't just be a Zorro has a smile. <laughs> a little a little cheeky grin. He's got a cheeky um, grin. He's got a teeny mustache. So further to that question, like there were all these adaptations throughout the 20th century and then the one in 98 and the one in 2005 and then there hasn't been one since then so like why do you think there hasn't been one in 20 years did antonio just do such a good job that no one can top it i think that antonio ate it up and left no crumbs and the people said well that's that We'll, (laughs) we'll put this on a shelf and and uh and keep it there as a shining example no i don't know um, maybe it is something with like copyright or publishing or something. Like maybe all of a sudden um, it will drop out of like copyright and all of a sudden we'll have five Zorro movies and we'll be like, oh, but don't quote me on that. But because I'm not mad. It's like the idea of seeing a new Zorro movie and the way that things are going where, you know, 
new creative is is not is hard to come by and not easily made Mm -hmm. i can see this happening yeah that's true like hollywood does love to just always be revitalizing an old franchise (laughs) yeah doing cpr on franchises yeah see i didn't think of the the licensing thing (laughs) that actually might be it but i do i do wonder if it is something about what you were saying like that they're they don't make these kind of like fun adventure movies anymore. They don't make them like they used to. <laughs> they don't make them <laughs> like they used to. And there is a part of me too that's like, is is Hollywood not a big fan of the more radical political messaging? Because it's like mm. you know, Robin Hood. It is a little. It's a little different. It's it feels more distant. Yeah. True. You know that may that could be that could be it as well. They're like, Hollywood's don't like, wanna, don't get them thinking about. We don't want to start inspiring these disenfranchised people. We're literally sponsored by the American military. We can't have that. Yeah. Anyway, with that thought, <laughs> it's time now for us to pop on a disguise, have a quick sword fight, and hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more spoiler alert here on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio tuned into the community welcome back to spoiler alert we're gonna <laughs> oh my get back god to you're really about. trying to make I, spoiler alert happen i know and it's the only time i've done it like i haven't done any <laughs> of these sets anyway uh we're gonna get back to talking about zorro in uh just a minute here but sean um do you know KORS? <laughs> um no i am quite unaware of what time it is it it's game time wow boy, boy, boy. <laughs> son you're, Sp- you're spanish okay um in case oh how does he always say it i i thought i had it and then i really it's like in case you're just tuning in yeah here's or the, if you've never yeah I asked them what it's. I asked Sean and Sonia it's what, <laughs> what it's about. Okay, so normally Jeremy does the game, but yeah. today Sonia's doing the game, and it's already off to an amazing start. But for those who don't know, or if you're just yes. tuning in, the game is where I spend like 200 years this week mm. uh, trying to find the title of a film related to our topic that Sean has not seen. Uh, I tell him the title. He tells me what he thinks it's about. I tell him what it's really about, and we all. Have a great laugh. Wow, you Sean. did great. You did good there. <laughs> See, I just had to have the beginning and then the rest and of the And then it just flows out of you like a like a yeah. bomb. Yeah. Like a barf. Sean. Okay. Are you ready to play the game? I think so. I I have no competitors. So you yeah. would think I would win, <laughs> but that's not how the game unfortunately works. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I'm gonna judge harshly based on the I know, and now you've got your backup from last you got last, year, year, last, last week. week. So I really am behind. It was a farce, let's be honest. But that's fine. I won't <laughs> hold it against you. So your title this week is Don Q, Son of Zorro. Don Q. Um, love that as a person's name also. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, related to Maggie Q, I assume. Um, Okay, so I believe that this is about, it's a comedy about a, a boy who, he doesn't really fit in with his family. 
He is extremely adventurous, swashbuckling, jumping from trees. His family is very like studious and always trying to like batten down his exuberance, his energy. Um, and then he meets a boy um, who is much different than him. He is more similar to his family. But when he meets the boy's family, he's like, wow, I love your family. They've got their... <laughs> Your dad is uh, wears a funny mask and he always is saving the <laughs> world. And then he's like, you don't think. And so then he become, he begins this journey to figure out if he was switched at birth with this boy. And unfortunately, he was. Oh, but, it's interesting that that's what his mind went to. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sounds great. I would watch it. Um, so that's what I think. Great. Well, thank you, Sean. Um, unfortunately, you are not correct in any way, shape, or form. Neither. Not uh, shape. So not form. I'm going to have to take a point away. No. <laughs> Sorry, these are new rules. I've gone mad with power. You're going to have to become my, a masked vigilante to stop me. My points are my points. Oh, I mean, arguable, but sure. <laughs> anyway, Don Q, <laughs> The Son of Zorro, which I just love that title, uh, is a 1925 American silent swashbuckler romance film. Silent and, and swashbuckling. Silent and swashbuckling. And a sequel to the 1920 silent film, The Mark of Zorro, which I believe was the first one. Uh, Don Caesar, The Son of Zorro. Wait, I thought it was Don Q. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. I guess this is like, okay. Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Spoiler. Like Caesar doesn't start uh, with Q. Don, Don, Don Queezer. Son of Zorro. Okay. Is framed for murder while visiting Spain. Later, he becomes the whip wielding outlaw Don Q. I love whip as a as a weapon. By the way. Same. Whip also, wielding. we forgot to say Anthony Hopkins with that whip in oh. Zorro. He is just casually putting out candles. No problem. Exactly. (laughs) With his hand just delicately draped on his own waist and just like smoking a cigarette. I love it. Just flopping around. (laughs) Well, Sean, thank you for playing the game. Thank you for playing the game and for not wielding your unwieldy power. Even though no problem, even though I was very tempted. Even though the tempt, yeah, with great power comes, you know, it per- corrupts all or whatever, whatever the saying is. <laughs> yeah, corrupts exactly absolute power, saying. corrupts absolutely. That's what you fought against today. Absolutely, Sean. Okay, so back to Zoro chat. Yes, of um, Sean, what other uh little entries into this franchise did you get your eyeballs on this week well so i saw a title that really captured my attention (laughs) and it was called zorro the gay blade and i was like i mean how could it not and i was like what a silly name maybe i will try to watch it because i was like i assume they mean they mean gay in the 50s way and i was like well that's a really funny and let me see let me watch it but actually, it's from the 80s, and they mean it in the homosexual way. Yeah, literally. And I was quite, and I was surprised. And I had never heard of this film before. And 
in a lot of ways, I think I liked it. <laughs> really? Okay. It was like, I'm... it was pretty, there was some very silly parts, some very silly performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, like very like Mel Brooks vibes into a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know. I wasn't as like, uh, I wasn't as perturbed or turned off as I was maybe like expecting it was going to go. How about yeah. yourself? Yeah, I, I don't know. I was pretty tired when I watched it. And so I think that colored some of it for me because mm. I did fall asleep before it was even over, which is sad. Mm. Um, I just wasn't, I don't know. There were some parts that made me laugh a bit, but a lot of it, I was just like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what, what, what are happening? we doing? Um, <laughs> the plot of this film yeah, is that uh, George Hamilton plays uh, Zorro, mm-hmm. and he has all of the historical, you know, as Zorro, he's, he's doing everything Zorro does, except that uh, in one evening when he's about to be overtaken by his enemy, he hurts his foot and limps away, and he's like, oh no, I can't be Zorro anymore. But luckily, his gay twin brother, <laughs> who is... Our, our main character is Spanish, a Spanish, heavy yeah. Spanish accent. Um, his gay brother rolls in, uh, painted like a like a fop, like a dandy, mm-hmm. like white face, major rouge, and like a and like a mole. And he has a British accent. Um, and George Hamilton says, "Well, why don't you, my twin brother, play Bizarro?" And we can continue, you know, saving the people and fighting against this regime. And so then the gay brother brandishes a lot of many fun outfits as Zorro. um, And uh, instead of using a sword, uses a whip. And leads to a very funny scene where instead of carving a Z into a wall, he uses his whip to slash the word Zorro into the wall. But it takes him like... 12 whip slashes. <laughs> that was a <laughs> very takes, Mel Brooks moment. Just like slap, 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 slap. That was very funny. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's like a lady, a sexy lady. Lauren Hutton is attracted to Zorro. Actually, everyone's attracted to, to Zorro. But obviously, she's barking up the wrong tree with the one Zorro. But he's like trying to make it happen with her, his brother. Um, and, you know, classic Miss... Uh, mistaken identity shenanigans culminates in a big battle where all is revealed and everyone's the day is saved and the brother leaves on his merry way. Beautiful. Would that succinct? Yeah, that was succinct. The only really important detail that I feel you left out is that uh, the brother who explicitly says in the film that he basically like went to England and has like relinquished his Latin heritage. Um, His chosen name for himself, his chosen English name, instead of Ramon, is Bunny Wigglesworth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that honestly might have made me laugh the most in the whole movie. (laughs) That got you, did it? It did, honestly. There's some parts that are ridiculous, but like, there is... Oh, so and also, um, Ron Liebman plays the sort of evil governor dude that is trying Mm -hmm. to capture... Uh, Zorro, who also was Zorro's childhood best friend, and he 
is married to Brenda Faccaro, who is extremely funny in this. Mm-hmm. I had many laughs coming from her. And actually, Rod Lieb- Ron Lieben was very, like, outrageously over-the-top villain. Sometimes I was like, we could dial it back a few times. We can't, <laughs> yeah, be, at a, we can't be at a 12, like, the entire time. We need a few levels. But, um, but for the most part, I thought he was very funny. And also... I think it's great that so Brenda Vaccaro plays uh, Joey's mom in Friends and Rob Me- oh, Liebman yeah. plays Rachel's dad. Whoa. Friends and then, And they also both appear in the series Murder, She Wrote. So I think that is just a fun like that they keep popping up together. That is fun. I love it. Um, okay, well, something that actually might uh explain Ron Liebman's performance a bit, which I found out today, is that this is like a kind of parody sequel to one of the Zorro adaptations from the 40s, The Mark of Zorro. Um, and I watched that one today. And oh. in that one, literally everyone has a British accent, except mm. some of the locals who are played by actually Latina people. Um and and it and the performances are so weird and the guy who plays like the captain of the guard is literally yelling like through half the movie probably oh so it could it could be so i think yeah so i think that it i think that is what inspired that weird kind of performance okay nice cuz it cuz i was watching it and i was like hey, this is so weird. This feels like really similar to the gay blade. Like, I know they're kind of the same movie, but like some of like the characterizations and stuff are super similar. Um, and then I was reading the Wikipedia page for the gay blade and I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> it's literally a, a response to that one. Even though the gay Zorro does not use a blade, which is, you know, factually inaccurate yeah. to, the, to this film. <laughs> yeah, bit of a misnomer there. A bit um, of a misnomer. Something that I think is fun that I feel affirmed in some of my earlier choices this episode is that the poster for the Gay Blade says, Zexy, Zany, Sensational. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, but spoiler Zexy. alert's not. <laughs> <laughs> I will say all choices were hilarious. I'm really <laughs> getting your ire today. Thank you, Sean. Um... Also, yeah, there, a lot of eyeliner in this one as well. Yeah, George Hamilton is um, the most inexplicably tanned, like dangerously tanned, I would say. Like, Which I don't know I, what he looks like in later life, but well, I'm getting racist. This is the thing, Sean. It is, it, it, it's brown face. It feels like brown face for sure. But then also, he is, a, he, is he still alive? Anyway, with us? many recent pictures of him, he is that same color. He is a very tan man. I read uh, a quote from Bo Derek that um, that he was the tannest person she knew. That he was like actively trying to be the tannest person. Um, but yeah. he is, I, I think he's really game and having a lot of fun. And like, he has this insane wild-eyed smile. Like, yeah. and, and he's always just like, yay. Yeah, honestly, he did great, and 
he is still alive. I just looked. So sorry, George Hamilton, that nice. we questioned your <laughs> vitality. Um, yeah, there was like, there was one uncomfortable scene where the the governor or whatever was he was testing the other Zorro who was, he was like suspicious that the one was Zorro. So he made him do a bunch of uh, like gay things to see if he matched up to his, uh, to his idea of what the Zorro was doing. And that was weird. And for very long, he was like, swing your hips. Yeah. Uh, it was uncomfortable. But other than it, that, it was it a was, fun little tour through the the nineteen eighties perspective on queerness. Yeah, it was it was a tour de farce of the eighties, but it what that part was not very long. And overall, much less hate crimey than I would have expected. Yeah, I honestly I was like, original Zorro loves and appreciates his brother and um and uh and appreciates his skills and seemingly really likes him, so not mad at that. Yeah. The bar is on the ground, but still not mad at that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. The bar is so, so <laughs> far on the ground. <laughs> okay, well, um, any other Zorro thoughts before well, we move into what you're watching? Well, you just watched The Mark of Zorro, you said. Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't really talk about it. And I don't know what it's about. Well, it's um, not to it's be confused pretty... with the mask of Zorro. Yeah, also. I know there. So many of them have like the exact same titles. Um, so okay, it was from 1940. Um, it is pretty similar in plot to some of the others, I think. So he it starts off with him, Diego de Vega, um, in Madrid, like at like learning how to be a swordsman at like army college. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then gets a letter. His father has called him back to California. He mysteriously is like still under the impression that his father is the alcalde, like the the governor or whatever. Um, and then he gets there and it's not his father. His father was like shuffled out of the job a while back. But I'm like, well, why didn't his father say that in the letter? I don't really understand. There were a lot of holes in this movie, to be honest. Um, and then he he kind of presents himself as this, like, yeah, foppish dandy who's, like, doesn't want to do any work and is, like, oh, sword fighting. I couldn't possibly, basically. Um, and then just, like, out of nowhere becomes Zorro. Because it's the same thing where the alcalde is, like, you know, an evil tyrant and he's terribly taxing all of the citizens of California and, um, you know, is just like an evil rich dude. Yeah. And then, but there's no like build up where it's like, this is where the character came from or like he got the idea. He just becomes Zora one day. <laughs> right. Okay. And then the, um, the alcalde's niece, Lolita is very beautiful. And so he falls Ooh. in love with her. Um, but she hates him as Diego, but is in love with Zorro. But like everyone is exactly. But it's it's so weird because like there are no there's no like fun hijinks. Like you literally only see him have a sword fight once, and he's not. It's after he reveals that he's Zorro. Um, so you'd never see Zorro actually sword fight. Um, you see him, like, do some robberies, but it's never very exciting or, like, high stakes. And there's not really a consistent, like, 
Here's the build-up to the big exciting plan. Wow, I'm hearing. I was. I, I'm hearing flop from the mask. Kind of flop, to be honest. I mean the mask. Um, Basil Rathbone, um, who's like pretty a pretty famous British actor, played Esteban, like the evil captain. Um, really, he, I do. He love was Basil. good at times, but again, very shouty. He is the one who was shouting for a lot of it inexplicably. But it feels like a directorial choice, so I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I guess it was worth watching. I kind of just wish I'd watched the 2005 one instead. But I thought yeah. I should at least give something prior to the 60s ago. I know. Sometimes you are like, should I see what some old-timey stuff has got to offer? And sometimes it's gold and sometimes it's fool's and gold. I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, well... With that, any any last Zorro thoughts to leave us on? No, I guess if you're if people are starting up a new film, like call me. Yeah, I'm interested. I'll, I'll but it's going to be hard to top That's Antonio. Fine. I'll find a way. <laughs> Life finds a way, Sean. Life finds a way to top Antonio. All right. <laughs> okay, well, with that, uh, let's go into a little what you're watching. So, Sean, what you been watching? Um, so, I just finished The Midnight Club, which is a series on Netflix by Mike Flanagan. Um, I was drawn to this because I read The Midnight Club by Christopher Pike when I was like 13. And it was a very different book than any of... He usually writes, yeah, like, it's kind of creepy, like, a little bit more scary than Goosebumpy stuff, like, an older child. But it's along the same fare, like, oh, something something creepy's happening. The Midnight Club is so different because it is about six teenagers living in hospice. And they all are just basically facing death. And the way they get through it it's like they each meet at midnight and tell dark ghost stories and have like a and have like a plan that whoever dies first will try to make connection with the rest of the group um but there's not really any supernatural thing they just like it's these teenagers facing impending death and it's very dark and sad um but also like affecting and i was very shook by it when i was a teen and so then when mike Flanagan has a series and he has written he produced like hill and haunted or haunted what am i trying to say the house on haunted hill that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) which i also loved and all of his series are they're scary but they're like beautiful and they're always um they're about the trauma of like family or like just like things that are dark about life and like but also a few jump scares are in there Mm -hmm. and so yeah, it was, it honestly was like really, really great. Um, it did not end in the way that I was, ex- like, the book keeps going. Mm-hmm. This is only maybe the first half of the book or whatever, but I think I say watch if you might, if you, if you are, want to have a little scare and if just feel a little, if you want to feel a little sad for the fall, yeah. I've really much enjoyed it. You know I love a good sad girl autumn moment. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, that sounds great. Yeah, that's that sounds great. Um, I got eyes on a little something that you had recommended I watch. Um, but I was staying at my parents' house alone, so I was too mm. scared. And now that I'm home in my apartment alone, where I'm safely locked away from the world, yes. I felt comfortable to watch The Watcher. Yes. A recent Netflix series starring Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale. And let's face it, Jennifer Coolidge, even though she's not the main character, she is. No, but we have to reference the Coolidge in the room. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I think you gave an overview of what this is about. Some people move into a house, some really creepy stuff happens based on a true story, which I hate. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I thought, um, I feel like it got less good as it went on. And that was annoying to me. Well, this is the curse of Ryan Murphy. Is it it start? He kicks the door down and you were like, oh baby. Holy moly. Yeah. And then it always just out with a whimper. Yeah, well, because I feel like it got less scary. None of my questions were answered in it any got satisfactory less, way. It got less interesting, only more questions raised. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I kept watching because I was like, well, I need to know how this, like, what happens. And then the end is a complete empty climax. Spoiler alert. Not a thing answered. Yeah. Agree. And, th- yeah. Yeah. So it was, like, I think worth it, I guess, for some of the performances. Like, Jennifer Coolidge as this, like, <laughs> just wild and vapid real estate agent. And then I also especially loved Margot Martindale as their weird neighbor. Right. But also, like, why are you acting like this? <laughs> yeah, but why? then, so why? Exactly. Like, why are you <laughs> all so nuts? <laughs> why are you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, I kind of can't. Like, this the complete lack of follow-up. Like, okay, spoiler alert, if you're going to watch The Watcher, I am about to spoil something a little bit. But at one point, they find tunnels in their basement of their house, mm-hmm. which also gets alluded to so early on. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then at no point, um, at absolutely no point, do they follow up or go into the tunnels to figure out where they lead. And that actually almost drove me insane watching the rest of the season. It's literally insane. It's like, did a different writer do this episode? <laughs> yes, literally. Anyway, uh, that is all the time we have for this le- week. So I'd like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Men and Tuna, and also to my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy. R.I.P. Well, R.I.P. Jeremy. Uh, everyone at CJTR and to you our beloved listeners for lending us your ears the show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6pm rebroadcast Fridays at 3pm and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts my electric is coming up next have a great week bye bye